Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. Check them out at vlcm.com. And welcome to the Cyber24 podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping business and governmental leaders better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions to keep your organization safe. My name is Marty Carpenter of Northbound Strategy, where we put thought leadership into action. And today we're talking with a cybersecurity thought leader, a woman named Laurie Salvel. She is the executive director of an organization called Cyber. Cyber.org essentially teaches students how to be safe online and, as a benefit, helps guide them into careers in the cyber security field. So we're going to talk to her about a project, well, first of all, her overall project at Cyber.org, and a couple of specific little projects that are part of that, one called Project Reach and one called Project Access. Both really interesting projects and very worthwhile. This is a really cool organization that I think our audience will really enjoy uh, knowing more about. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Laurie Salvel. All right, Laurie, thanks so much for being with us today. I wonder if we could start by maybe giving our audience a little bit of background about you personally, your professional, uh, your background professionally, and uh, a little bit of an overview about cyber.org, if you would. Sure. So I like to always refer to myself as a teacher. Um, I was in the classroom for over 12 years, started with kindergarten and moved my way up through elementary and middle school. Um, So that's everything that I kind of tackle and look at. I always have that lens of like, how can we really help students? Um, And what does it feel like to become a teacher? Um, And how can we make things a little bit easier for teachers? Of course, because they have the hardest job out there. Um, And so that's kind of where where my viewpoint stands on everything. I'm also a lifelong learner, of course. Um, And so even working on my PhD right now at Louisiana State University. And so I'm just continuing that that growth mindset always with everyone. Well, we'll say go Tigers to the LSU uh, (laughs) connection there. So we'll start with that. But that's that's, uh, really great. So I'm wondering, um, can you share what Cyber.org's role is in improving cybersecurity literacy and how the expansion of this K through 12 cybersecurity education is, is preparing students for, you know, careers in cybersecurity or just a life that's a little more secure online. Certainly our mission is to reach every K 12 student across the U S to really help them and prepare them for a future job in cybersecurity or in technology. One day we know that cybersecurity touches every profession. And so we try our best to prepare students to be really successful in the future and really and all students in rural areas and big cities. We, we have just such a variety here in our country and to really celebrate that variety, right? So currently we have more than 27,000 teachers across all 50 states using our resources and we, of course, we would always like to increase that number as we continue to expand and to grow and really try to impact all students through K-12. Yeah. Can you give me an idea of what are some of the things that you teach, say, and, and there's probably a range there, right? Kindergartners are not seniors in high school. So what are some of the things you maybe start with, with kindergartners who, you know, maybe the ones who just, hey, mom, dad, can I use your iPad to play a game versus, you know, you get into uh, junior high and high school. I know I have kids that age and boy, that device is always in their hands. So what's what's kind of the things that you would start with and how does that change throughout the, the course of that uh, progression through public school? 
technology use does start in kindergarten now. And so if we're going to allow our students to get on technology, we have to prepare them to be safe and to understand what that technology is capable of. So like you said, a kindergarten lesson, um, one of them that comes to mind is having students think about um, who are they interacting with online? When we talk with kids, they know they're using a computer and they feel like they're talking to other computers when they're playing all of these games and they're watching these avatars or these little cartoon characters come across their screen. Um, and they feel like they're chatting with other computers most of the time. And this can be really kind of scary as an adult thinking about that and thinking about who our kids could be talking to and to help students realize that they're not only talking to another computer, but they're talking to a person behind the other computer. And that avatar really tells them nothing about that person. A person can be older, younger, boy, girl. It really doesn't matter. So we like to have kids design their own avatars and make them silly and funny and have nothing to do with themselves. So that way they're helping kind of just understand that these other avatars are playing with online. They really know nothing about them. They are strangers, even if we call them friends. So we have to kind of think about the language we're using with our kids and with our students. Um, friends mean something very different to them than it meant to us. And so we might have stranger danger talks with them, but we really need to incorporate the terms that we're currently using with them and help them know that a friend that they've never met in person is a stranger. And that they have to always be cautious with these friends online because we really don't know that much about them. Um, and so taking lessons like that, and just growing with the students across the board to learning what, you know, what is PII? Um, how do I need to protect myself? What should I not share with others online? Um, and letting that carry them through to some pretty technical concepts in high school. Um, we love for students to try for a security plus certification, right? These different industry certifications that they can carry them through to future careers, but really also develop them into an adult that's able to function in society and, and know what's right and what's wrong and not get tricked, not yeah. fall for those scams. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different when you get up into the high school age and, and that even leads into sort of some careers there, which is really interesting to me because obviously we have a big shortage nationwide and certainly here in, in Utah where I'm based uh, and trying to find cybersecurity talent. You know, I keep telling, I've got a fairly computer savvy, um, high school, uh, freshman. And I keep telling him like, look, whether you want to be in cybersecurity for the rest of your life or not, you should go get some certifications. Cause you could probably make enough money right off the bat to pay for whatever else it is you might want to go do. Um, you know, he's 15. So does that really land home all the time? No, not necessarily, but I, I wonder if you could kind of touch on that a little bit about how building a stronger pipeline of cybersecurity talent through this program can help, you know, the U.S. ultimately, I mean, the, the trickle-down effect there is that it it uh, helps the U.S. reduce cyber attacks uh, on our infrastructure. It really does, because we are facing that growth. Cybersecurity threats are growing every day, and the shortage in jobs are also growing. And so we know that research shows that students start to make decisions about what they're capable of doing as grown-ups in fourth and fifth grade. And so helping make this idea cybersecurity big word, right? What does it really mean? Um, I think as a grown-up, we have a hard time saying what that word even means. And so helping students see what are those real jobs that they could fulfill one day. They know what a teacher looks like. They know what a doctor and a lawyer looks like. But what, what is a cybersecurity professional? You know, um, If I'm an information systems analyst or whatever my job title might be to help them to see real people doing those jobs 
It's very, very important. Um, and also helping tie fun lessons they're doing in class and pointing out what skills would be really useful as an adult in a cybersecurity field. So if I love cryptography and, and solving puzzles, right? Um, what can I do with that skill in the cybersecurity field as I grow? So helping make this, this really mushy, fishy, hard <laughs> terminology really mean something to them where they can concretely see it. Um, we love going to elementary, middle school, and even high school career fairs where students are able to choose a career for a day, right? Maybe even dress up and talk about it to everybody and have them choose some of these cybersecurity careers. So by going to our website at cyber.org, you can look at some cartoon-based career profile cards that are some of these new jobs in cybersecurity. We're adding more every day because we know those positions are changing and growing every day. Um, but to make this a little bit more concrete idea, to see which jobs do need a college degree, um, but which ones really don't. They just need some industry certifications. Um, and there's also some that I can just be really good at technology and comfortable with it and feed right in to other entry-level positions. So helping just, just make this mindset a little bit more tangible for students in a friendly way that they can kind of understand just how practical it really is. We have real people doing these jobs all the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's a supply and demand kind of situation, right? There's so much demand and growing demand for people to be in these types of jobs and the supply just isn't there. So if you, this is the argument again that I make to my son, right? Like you're on the right side of supply and demand, get in there and be in high demand. Uh, and, and, you know, you can really um, uh, chart a good course for yourself. In an environment where IT staff struggles to keep up, most small to medium-sized businesses find themselves forced to react to security alerts rather than to proactively and preemptively manage threats and address potential vulnerabilities. HPE stands ready to help SMBs make the all-important switch from reactive, static, and siloed security tools and techniques to intelligent, adaptive security platforms that span the digital world. HPE's security solutions allow SMBs to close existing security gaps with coverage at the edge, in the cloud, and on-premises all under a consistent and coherent security umbrella. Learn more about what HPE can do for SMBs by visiting vlcm.com HPE. That's vlcm.com HPE. Organizations worldwide spend billions of dollars a year on cybersecurity, yet continue to be overwhelmed by security alerts, cyber attacks, and data breaches. Why? Because managing security based on multiple point solutions and manual processes cannot keep pace with the ever-changing threats and environments. Your team just cannot react fast enough. With Checkpoint software technologies, you can take back your security. With Checkpoint Infinity, you can consolidate all your security functions in one place for stronger security. With a single console and one unified policy, you can manage all of your security, including your users, devices, data applications, wherever they are. With Checkpoint Infinity, you can achieve the best security against both known and unknown threats across all networks, cloud and mobile devices, all managed centrally, enabling IT to tackle targeted campaigns in real time and ensure business continuity. Learn more about consolidating your security solutions with Checkpoint by visiting vlcm.com checkpoint.
you know, you go, you're in a bunch of these schools and you're starting with kids. And so there's like a lot of age diversity from like, you know, kindergarten up through seniors in high school and helping them kind of work their way through. And I suppose, depending on sort of geographic location of those schools, you'll have a different kind of diversity in that. It's, it's a, when you talk about cybersecurity or even like still broadly STEM careers, um, it gets to be still very uh, male dominated. That's what the workforce is in large part. I know here in Utah, uh, we have a company that does, uh, that provides a service for the state. That's an aptitude assessment for kids in schools to take uh, sort of these brain puzzles so that they can figure out what they're actually good at the way their brain works. And instead of just like, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up an interest-based survey? And it's really remarkable because when you go through that process, if you ask students, junior high and high school students, what do you want to be? Right. Only like 18%, I think, is the number of girls will say that they want to go into a STEM career. And it's like 55% of the boys. But when you do an aptitude assessment and look at what are you actually good at and what kind of careers would you really uh, succeed or prosper or thrive in, uh, it it balances out almost completely. It gets the girls up to around 50%. And the boys stay at about 55%. And so it's just a matter of sort of what are you introduced to, not what are you inclined to be good at. So that, that's one kind of diversity where you can kind of get a gender balance. But I, I wonder, can you, can you tell us a little bit more about how cyber.org is um, working to diversify the cybersecurity industry through something you call Project Reach? Certainly. So it is very important for us. We know that with these threats becoming more and more difficult to solve, we have to have a team of individuals that have diverse backgrounds and a diverse set of skills in order to tackle some of these challenges. And so with Project REACH, that stands for Realizing Equitable Access to Cybersecurity, especially in high school, Um, we're able to work with universities and colleges, especially minority-serving institutes to help students who come from local high schools around these universities see themselves as a part of this college campus. Um, It's made possible by a CISA's CTAP grant, and it really aims to recruit a diverse body of K-12 students to pursue those undergraduate cybersecurity degrees. So what we're able to do is take these students, um, I'll never forget the first little batch of high school students, and we brought them to Grambling State University, for example and let them see a college campus. Many of them had never left their little hometown before, never been on a college campus. They got to meet with the dean there and talk about what it would be like to go to school, see teachers, see other people like them walking around campus, um, and help them through the financial aid process. We know that's not always a friendly process. Um, and really just give them any skill we possibly, you know, just remove all those barriers to allow them to proceed through a cybersecurity career. So helping the high schools develop some courses that will lead into those skills. And so the students feel like they're they're very prepared and they know that they're able to do a lot of the cybersecurity work as they feed into these programs. But it's important for them to see people like them going to the school, being successful, entering in those degrees. And so we bring a lot of, a lot of speakers into the high schools that people who have these jobs to talk about what it's like um, and help them to see that they really can. No matter what people have told them in the past, they can. Um, and we're there to help remove, like we said, any of those barriers that we possibly can, can think of that might be holding them back as we guide them through. So right now we are in 11 HBCUs across the U.S. doing this work and kind of recruiting these high school students. Um, we are also looking to expand this project this year. 
because it's not just about that one type of minority serving institute, right? Um, it's a full diverse workforce. And so we're hoping to expand to um, HSIs, which is Hispanic serving institutes. And we're also looking at some tribal schools and just finding all of those ways that we can help increase the diversity in cybersecurity, but also with so many jobs open, we need a lot of different kinds of people to fill those jobs. Yeah. Not one size fits all at all whatsoever. Um, and so it's important as a part of cyber.org that we're really thinking about all of those reasons why people are not going into cybersecurity and what can we do to help tear those walls down? And like I said, Project Reach is a great, a great part of that. Um, Project Access also is really important as well because that's looking at disabilities. Um, we all know we have strengths and weaknesses as people. And I might be really weaker. I might actually have a, a full disability in one area, but we're working to help people see that. I though I might be, maybe I'm blind or maybe I'm hearing impaired, I still have a way into cybersecurity. Um, so helping show them what jobs they can be very good at. Um, and with that program too, also adding neurodiversity. Like you said, students learn differently. We all learn differently. Um, and so looking at helping empower teachers and helping students see where their strengths are. And so even our middle school teachers, even our elementary school teachers and high school teachers, we know that a kid might not be good at reading or math, but they might be super awesome in technology and lead to, they might be a great computer programmer one day, or, or they might have just their little niche in cybersecurity. And so to help them see that though some types of academics might not fit their learning style, um, technology, that hands-on component, might really be the key for them. Um, and they can enter a great successful job by realizing that strength um, and, and having people talk positively to them about the fact that they can do it. If they just don't give up, um, they can keep trying. And so we're really trying to make this just an underlying mission and everything that we do at Cyber.org is to help people see their way into this, what piece fits with them and what really might resonate with them in the future. Yeah. How long have you had this program, uh, cyber.org and then, you know, the, the offshoot programs, project reach project access, but how long have you been in schools? And, and I, I ask mostly because have you been able to see someone kind of go from kindergarten through 12th grade yet to, to see like the progress and maybe you could just share with me a, a, a story or two of, of some kids who you've seen really progress through this. Sure. Um, we have been around for about 10 years. We were first, um, our name wasn't always cyber.org. We were NYSERC before, which was a really long acronym. Um, <laughs> we transitioned over because of that. Um, we started working with high school students, though, so not with elementary. So if we would have started at the bottom and worked our way up, we would have students that have, have been with us the whole time. Um, but unfortunately, we are just now kind of branching down more and more. We do have students that have been with us through middle school and high school, though, as they're going through. Um, we do have couple of different research studies that we've done that that does show this success that these students really are staying with it um, and they are entering into colleges and universities and getting cybersecurity degrees or getting those industry certifications and going right into the workforce um, and we know it's not always necessary to go through the different universities and so we're seeing that we're seeing students that didn't feel that connection to cybersecurity especially a lot of positive words from our female students and our students who are do classify as a minority in one shape or another, um, they're they're being empowered because they're seeing they're finally seeing people like them be successful, 
in this. And I think that was a big part of the missing key before. Like you said, stereotypically, when I thought of a computer programmer or someone working in cybersecurity, I had a very definite person in my mind. Um, and like for myself, that wouldn't be me. <laughs> um, but as we're able to show them people that do look like them, that, that have some of the same skill sets, but some of the same like favorite food and favorite games, and these are real people, um, I think they're able to trust the process more and realize that we're not talking about something that's science fiction anymore. We're talking about real jobs that have some cool technology components that they're able to do and get into. Um, a big piece of this also, I think, has been our cyber org range. So we have a cyber range now that's available to all K-12 students across the U.S. at absolutely no cost, thanks to our funding from CISA. Um, and so they're able to actually practice some of these cybersecurity skills and see what it looks like if someone, you know, like if I click that link, what actually happens on the bad actor, malicious actor side of the house um, to see that, to see that when you typed in your credentials, like they see it on their screen and this is what it looks like. Um, this is why people tell me to make a more, a longer password and how, you know, I can, I can watch maybe somebody run Jack the Ripper and see how fast my password falls mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and help them to understand the concreteness behind it. Because then all of a sudden you go from someone just telling you not to do something to understanding why you're not supposed to do it. And there's so much more power behind that. And um, when kids are able to see the why and actually do it themselves and experience it themselves, you've just opened up a whole nother realm for them. So by providing a cyber range that keeps them safe and secure, it's sandboxed, um, it's enclosed, and it resets itself and refreshes itself so they cannot break it. And if they do, it, it's going to refresh um, to allow them to practice these real skills. So we, we are helping move cybersecurity from a lot of definitions a lot of terms, a lot of facts they have to read and memorize to more of the hands-on application side of the house to experience it, to see it, to try it out. Um, that has just a, always been a big part of who CyberOrg has been. Um, we know and we believe that by allowing students to do and to experience, they're going to go so much further. They're never going to forget these experiences where they will forget what they read in the textbook. So allowing them to experience it has been just just so important as a part of who we've been and how we've how we've grown through the years with our students. That's really great. Uh, if people want to find out more, obviously the name is very helpful. Cyber.org is where they can find you on the web. But uh, where else can they uh, follow along or get more information? Or for anyone who might be interested in uh, sponsoring or anything like that, how uh, would they uh, follow you or reach out? Sure. We are at cyber.org. Um, and so that is our website address. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, cyber.org. Sometimes we actually have to spell out DOT because it doesn't accept that dot there. Um, but definitely, or follow me, Lori Salvel, on the different social threads. Awesome. Lori, right, thanks so much for all the work you're doing on this and for helping our audience know a little bit more about it. And uh, best of luck to you in the future. I think this is uh, a really worthwhile program that you're, uh, you're spearheading here. So thanks for all you're doing. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode. I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at VLCM.com. That's VLCM.com. 
Special thanks as well to our supporting partners, the Utah Division of Technology Services, the Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute, the Utah Attorney General's Office, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and our friends at Secuvant. A reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can hit us up on Facebook as well. We want to hear from you in either place to let us know what you think, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week and stay safe online.